You're listening to The DudeCast, a podcast about American masculinity. My name is Garrett, and I'm the founder of DudeFluencer.com. And I'm Nick Morpus, stuck here in beautiful Portland, Oregon. And together, we're sitting down to have real talks about vulnerability, introspection, and what it means to be a man. And in today's episode, we talk about keeping busy during the quarantine, showing yourself self-love, and displaying personal growth. And now, generic elevator rock music. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Dude Cast. My name is Garrett, and sitting across from me, as always, is our co-host, Nick. How are you today? Not bad. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. Is it cold by you, or is it warm? Yeah, it's actually pretty warm. We've had our warmest weekend, I guess, this entire year so far. That's nice. Are you, are you seeing a lot of people outside? Uh, decent amount. I've just been trying to stay cool since... Uh, you know, out here in Portland, not a lot of places have air conditioning. Well, in terms of like, well, dwellings. Um, and our apartment does not have air conditioning. So uh, last night was a little interesting until it started cooling down. That sounds kind of rough. Is it going to be like, is your summer going to be just as hot as you would get around here in D.C.? Or is like, what's the highs typically for summertime? Well, I mean, luckily it isn't too bad. We... Um, It'll probably be about as hot as it was yesterday, around like high 80s, low 90s, but uh, there's not a lot of humidity here. So that really helps with that, whereas D.C., you know, is a is a literal swamp. So it is always hot and it's uh, always humid there during the summer. But it is being drained. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very slowly. It's like you can barely tell. I, I don't know. I, I see it always being drained. I see the I see that hashtag always trending. So if, if the swamp is being drained, where do you think it's being drained off to, if you had to guess? West Virginia. Really? I was going to say Ohio. That's pretty high. <laughs> Ohio's <laughs> for lovers, though. <laughs> Goes well with last week's topic. Well... You know, I was going to do a, a retrospective of Hawthorne Heights' entire career, but no one cares. Uh, my, my girlfriend and I care. That was our first concert that we went to. Really? Our first concert that we went to, um, we went and saw Hawthorne Heights and Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. And then, like, I think one other person. I can't remember the other person. But, yeah. Did yeah. each band play one song? No, uh, I think it was it was Hawthorne Heights' show, um, and it was an acoustic show at uh, Black Cat in D.C. I don't know if you've been there. I have not. Um, so it's a very small venue, so we got to actually meet all the bands um, just because it was that small. It was awesome. That sounds like it was a good time. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Did the red jumpsuit apparatus wear red jumpsuits? No, they're very, very normally dressed. Very disappointed. I want my money back. Yeah, that sounds a bit disappointing to me. I know, it's like false advertising. So, if we're going to just have an awkward, awful transition, but we might as well do it now. Obviously, we're still stuck in quarantine. Uh, are things starting to loosen up by you? You know, I think our governor just 
declared that uh, counties can start opening up very slowly if they meet a certain set of criteria that they have to apply for in order to start opening things up. And I think that starts on May 15th. Now, unfortunately, my county is one of the bigger ones. Obviously, it has Portland in it. Um, So I'm not sure whether or not we will meet that threshold, but other places I'm pretty sure do. And they're going to start slowly opening things up. And uh, so we'll see what's going to happen. Have you had have you had to ask your girlfriend for a quarantine haircut yet? No, I haven't. At the beginning, at the very beginning of this quarantine, I uh, wasn't sure how long it was going to last. And I really needed a haircut at the time. So I shaved my head and, you know, which which she absolutely loved. Um, and so it's starting to grow back out there and not, not a whole lot, but I haven't had to ask her for a quarantine haircut just yet. Well, I was bald last week. So did Rachel give that to you? She did. We tried a couple different haircuts at first and, you know, next thing you know, I have no hair left. So when are you going to start doing stand-ins for Vin Diesel in the Fast franchise? Uh, once my quarantine is done. Awesome. As soon as it ends. Fast 10? You're going to be a stunt double. I'm going to be, yeah, for Triple X. So whichever the fifth one is going to be. Wait, no, there's three of them. Are they making another one? I hope so. I thought there I was only two. No, I think there was no. I think the second one didn't even have Vin Diesel in it. Yeah, no, it had a uh, Ice Cube. Yeah, and then he came back. Oh, he did. Because that's what Vin Diesel does. He comes back. He always comes back. He saves franchises. Because they're his family. So respectable. <laughs> so with with things uh, looking still a little bleak in terms of opening up, what have you been up to to kind of? Keep your mind busy. Uh, well, for me, just uh, pretty much just working, exercising, and, uh, and well, just spending time with my girlfriend. So that's pretty much all there really is to do. I mean, I don't know what you guys are out there in, well, you guys are out there in Virginia. What are you guys uh, doing out there? It's a lot of the same. It's a lot of staying inside uh thankfully we have a dog so we can take her out for walks we have an excuse to go outside but our area our zip code is pretty gnarly right now in terms of cases and they uh they talked about reopening parts of virginia but like northern virginia they're pretty well set on like it's not going to be open right away even if the rest of virginia opens um, we'll probably take a lot of our cues from the DC area. That'd be my guess. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like here. Yeah. Um, but I do know like on like a personal note, my anxiety has been really bad since really this started. So now we're going on almost two months. Is it more just the, uh, is it the fact that you have to stay in or is it something else? 
I think I'm actually just really frightened about a lot of aspects of the coronavirus. Um, and, and it changes almost daily. I'm worried about my parents. My parents live 400 miles away. Um, so it's harder for me to, like, I, I can't see them. Um, and my dad, he's a, he's been a mechanic all his life. So he has all sorts of lung stuff already. So there is definitely a worry on my end about him. Uh, I worry about Rachel. I worry about my own health. Uh, and it's kind of a cycle. What I'll do is I'll, I'll panic, read news, try and find good news. Don't really find a lot of good news. And then kind of spin out again until eventually I take a Xanax and go to sleep. Uh, a lot of that I understand. Sorry you're going through that. Thank you. Uh, it, it is based on my therapists with, a, with an S. Um, it, it's pretty common right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that the Xanax works really well. Um, this is probably just a big plot by big therapy. Yeah. They're, Scientology's been warning us about this for years. <laughs> they they finally figured it out. <laughs> how, how have you been feeling during the quarantine, the coronavirus? Uh, it's more just like, it's more irritation. You know, I was actually talking to my friend Justin uh, yesterday and... Uh, you know, our, our feelings seem to mirror each other. It's just more like we're really over this now. Like, so when this first started, and, you know, even before this, I was usually pretty attached to the news. I would read the news very often, you know, just to keep up with everything that's going on. Um, and I think over the past three weeks or so, I've kind of gotten burned out by it. And I still get notifications from some of the outlets every once in a while. And I'll read some stuff, but I don't go out of my way to look for it anymore. Just because of how, I guess, depressing it is, in a way. Um, You know, reading about the job losses and all these things. It just, you know, it does create anxiety, like how you're feeling. And I've been kind of avoiding it. It's just been, you know, I, I just over the thing. I I don't want to read about it anymore. I want to kind of stay positive. So I try to avoid it as much as I can. What sort of tips would you offer to, to our listeners if they want to avoid the news? Do you have any sort of practices that you work through? Well, one way is to obviously don't turn on the news or at least limit it, limit it to like maybe an hour a week or so. Uh, I know that that'd be kind of hard to stick to if, you know, if your life is inundated with it, but you know, if it's possible, try to limit your access to it only because, you know, a lot of the news isn't changing. It's, it's a lot of the same stories repackaged in different ways. You know, Uh, they'll mention the current state of the virus and then they'll talk about all of the politicians' reactions to it. And typically it always circles around Trump or the people who don't like Trump or the people who do like Trump. And it's usually just an argument over how Trump reacted or should react. 
And that was kind of why I started moving away from it. So limiting your access to it is usually a good way, uh, either through maybe if you have applications that send you notifications, you know, think about maybe disabling those or uh, maybe even limiting your access to social media since, you know, a lot of, for a lot of people that is their main source of news is social media. So perhaps consider even that just to, you know, it's just, it's good for your mental health. It's not good to be constantly reminded of all the bad things that are happening all the time. I think that's fair. And I think that it, it is something that I hadn't even thought of until really like the Trump presidency started um, in terms of kind of limiting the amount of news that I sort of indulge in. Um, and if we're really thinking about it, like there hasn't, if you wake up in the morning and you check the news for maybe 30 minutes, like you will get all the information that you need to know. That's, that's pretty true. And you can even do that over, spread that out over a span of days because I mean, I'm pretty sure you know this, uh, over a span of a few days, what are usually the stories? It's usually a back and forth over something dumb Trump said and everyone's reaction to it and then his reaction to their uh, to their reaction. And it just spirals from there until he says something else and we just keep moving on and on and on. Yeah, that is that that has been the cycle that I've noticed. And. I think really the only big news that I've seen as of late has been um, the children being sick in New York City, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, again, one of those things that I hope that they figure out what's going on and I hope they all get well soon. Um, But in terms of like vaccines or even treatments, there, it's a lot of it's moving into the next phase. It's doing this and that. So even looking for sort of those updates have been like, you can get away with just looking in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, I think something like this does exist uh, where you can set up like a notification system where specific keywords, news stories with specific keywords can be sent to you. Um, so say if you wanted to know, progress about the coronavirus vaccine uh you could set it up so that any news articles related to that will be sent to you that way you wouldn't have to go looking i I think something like that exists um like a google alert if not make it yeah right (laughs) make some money right now because now is the time to make that app yeah because like i'd be surprised if that doesn't exist in some way or form I know you can do it with your name, I think, because I, I think Rachel set that up at one point for herself. But, um, yeah, I, if that doesn't exist, that needs to exist. Someone needs to make that happen. And unfortunately, yes. I don't know how to code, so. Yet. Yet. It looks like you have some free time. <laughs> <laughs> looks Looks like... Uh... It's actually a good question for you. What, what what have you been trying to learn in your free time? I 
I have actually really just been focused on trying to put as much content out for Dudefluencer as possible. I I only get, uh, because I work a, a second job two days a week, um, mm. I really only get like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, dedicated days. And then I work a bit on Saturday and Sunday to, to make up some of those times. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've gotten into, the, the site's gotten into a nice rhythm of, we have two podcasts, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We have articles, Monday and Wednesdays, um, social. It's honestly just putting in as much work as possible. Mm-hmm. And in terms of new skills, I don't know if I've learned that many. But I do think I have been sort of working on the skills like I've been progressing the skills that I've needed to learn uh, in order to make Dudefluencer successful. That's perfectly fair. In fact, I mean, you know, I think my girlfriend uh, said it quite well because, yeah, where those stories kept getting passed around, like, oh, like if you have all this free time or whatever, you should be learning a new skill or not even, I don't even think they framed it that way. They framed it more as like during this coronavirus lockdown take the time to learn something new um like there's this pressure to do that and i think there's nothing wrong like if you're busy if you have a lot of things that you're doing you know nothing wrong with not having the time to learn a new skill i mean if you're working on yourself then you're working on yourself yeah and and i think working on talking about that actually kind of leads us into our main topic that i want to talk about today which is this idea of self-love. And I know as soon as I wrote self-love, I immediately said not masturbation. <laughs> like that was my, cause I'm a child. Oh man. You just ruined it. That's the, that's what I, I thought we were talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> that would take like a series of three or four episodes. You know, just yeah. hit all the well, topics, right? We'll have some interviews lined up. Yeah. With some uh, celebrities. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this idea of self-improvement and personal development, I've really started to try and figure out what that means. Because for a long part of my life, especially when I was a teacher, I felt really stagnant. And even though I was growing as a professional in terms of job titles and whatnot, as a person, I felt like I had been sort of stunted. And I think if we're talking about sort of loving yourself, I think part of that process is just showing growth as a person. So you feel like uh, you didn't really take the time when you were younger to, I guess, focus on those things? Yeah. I think I didn't understand its importance. And it definitely held me back quite a bit. Um, I look back on myself as like a 25-year-old and the maturity level was still pretty low. Um, And it really wasn't until maybe the last... four years or so that I really started to, to think about like what it means to take care of myself and, 
you know, take care of myself first, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, what was, what would you say is like, was the turning point for you? You know, what, what happened to kind of, you know, make that happen for you? Uh, so I think there's two kind of big turning points. The first was actually, I, maybe I'd say three. The first was moving away from home. I moved away for a teaching job uh, from New York State to Virginia by myself. I had I had a couple friends, but no one really. N- none of my friends' group were in this area. Um. So I think that really forced me to open up a bit. Uh, one of my, one of the best men at my wedding, uh, we met at a wiffle ball league in DC. So needing to learn how to like reach out to people and make new friends was important. Um, and I also think quitting my first teaching job, like switching schools. That was a really big deal for me. That was a really big jump because I'm the kind of person who likes the status quo. I stayed at a pizzeria when I was in Buffalo for 10 years. 10 years. Like, that's crazy. No that's one does that. That's only because Buffalo has the uh, has the best chicken wings. That's true. That's I mean, the only reason. When I get that FU money, I am opening a Buffalo pizza store in this area. <laughs> That'd be that great. Is, without a doubt. Wait, so I actually uh, gotta know this because like I, I don't think I've ever asked you about this. Um you did you grow up I, I know we're we're only gonna get slightly off topic for a second, but did you grow up around Buffalo? I did. Yeah. So I grew up uh on a place called Grand Island, which is if you look at a map of Niagara Falls and Buffalo. There's like Mm -hmm. this little pork chop shaped island in between. Yep. And I think it's like 20,000 people, maybe 40,000. It's not big. Our big rival is Grand Island, Nebraska. Um, Um, But we're like a real island, not like a poser island. mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's, that's where I grew up. And... There is, I have a lot of pride coming from Buffalo. That's and awesome. I don't think I'd ever move back. No. But I'm happy that I grew up there. Yeah, because I only grew up about 45 minutes away from Buffalo. Where did you grow up? Uh, only in New York. So right okay. almost on the uh, almost on the Pennsylvania border. But yeah, not like a hop, skip, and a jump, jump from uh, Lake Erie and everything. So... Yeah, so I'm sure that, you know, when everyone complains about winters or whatever in uh, in D.C., you can always be like, Psh, this is nothing. You ever seen lake effect snow? Yeah. Have you have you ever had to drive over the Skyway with your head out the window because your windshield wipers froze? <laughs> no, I never had that problem. That's the I, power I, move. I had moved from New York uh, before I had learned to drive, so... I never got that wonderful privilege. Sometimes you had an Ace Ventura, like <laughs> just head out the side of the window because either you're too lazy to clean the ice off your car or it's just like your windshield wipers just aren't like everything is just freezing back over. You bring your yeah. head back in. You look like one third of a snowman. Yeah. Yeah. 
I definitely, I definitely miss those Buffalo winners. I can't tell if that's sarcasm or not. I, I'm being serious. I, I love this. So this year, Rachel and I drove back to Buffalo at the end of January um, for like a, a belated holiday celebration. And it was the first time I had been back home in Buffalo when it had snowed. So like driving through that was just really nostalgic. Um, and it, and it had like a very special feeling. Uh, I felt, I don't know. I, I missed it. Yeah, I, de- I definitely get you there. We don't get a lot of snow here in Portland, unless you go up to Mount Hood. If you go up to Mount Hood, you get plenty of snow. But, yeah, down here in the city, we don't get a whole lot. Is there anything that... So, we, we talked a little bit about me, but what about for you in terms of self-growth and turning points? Do you Do you feel like you've had them, or are you still working on them? I have to say, my, so, you know, it's interesting, uh, when you first told me about the topic of this, I've been kind of thinking about this for the past few days, trying to, you know, pinpoint those parts of my life where I've had to develop an idea of self-love. So, um, for me, I guess growing up, I didn't have a lot of friends, um, and it was, it's very easy, I guess, when you're raised that way to, you know, be hard on yourself more because you're just comparing yourself to others constantly. Um, and actually trying to develop a sense of self-love over that time, you know, was a little difficult until I started getting older and, uh, you know, making more friends at that time. And, you know, realizing what really matters. So for me, though, the real inflection point in trying to, I guess, better myself, you know, look at ways to improve my mental health. These were things that kind of started coming about um, when I actually met Rachel. Uh, She was a very good positive influence uh, where she kind of was like that just starting point, you know, learning ways to, you know, just treat yourself right and to find different ways to improve the way you see the world and the way you see your work. And, you know, and that kind of carried itself over into my current relationship where I've been trying to find ways to improve who I am as a person and finding different ways to view you know, the way that I am and the way that I behave and the way that I think. So it's, it's a constant process and it's something that I still work on to this day. Um, so can I say that there's like a definite point, some kind of event that happened that kind of changed that? Not really. It was more a combination of things just happening over the years of, you know, things that I didn't realize were issues, things that needed to be addressed. And when they're finally put in the right context from the right people, you know, it becomes a lot easier to address them. Absolutely. I know on my end, one of my biggest points of growth 
that I needed to work on was treating myself fairly. I very, very often was really, really hard on myself when I made a mistake. Um, I felt like a failure and I would just beat myself up over it constantly over and over again. And it was really important for me to learn the skills necessary to almost forgive myself. What would you say, like, so you talk about these skills that you had to learn in order to forgive yourself. What what would some of those be? Some of... Uh, this is a hard question. I think part of it would be trying to answer whether or not... Like, I, I think an understanding of... I think acceptance of making mistakes, understanding that lots of people are going to make mistakes. It's not the end of the world most of the time. Um, and reminding myself that like, it's going to be okay. That was, I think probably number one for me. Um, also just going to therapy and talking some of these things out was really influential in terms of me learning to accept myself and accept when I make mistakes. What would you say, like, would you say that there was like a, a person who helped you, I guess, kind of realize these things or a conversation that was had? I mean, I think there was more than one. I think obviously my wife was really, really important. In terms of that, um, I think my therapist, I think a lot of my, my coworkers that I met in Virginia, uh, when I was a teacher, um, I think my students actually, I think being a teacher was really important because I'm working with 13 through 18 year olds who are going to do really stupid things a lot. What? Teenagers are geniuses. <laughs> they do everything right. I mean, they make great TikToks. <laughs> so, give them credit where credit is due. Um, but at some point, like, when I'm like, hey, like, it's just a mistake. It's okay. Like, it's not a big deal. Recognizing that sort of behavior and then telling myself you need to treat yourself with that same level of kindness and forgiveness and acceptance just because you're older doesn't mean you're perfect well, that makes a lot of sense i mean that's something i feel like a lot of people probably struggle with that every single day i mean you know with the exception of a uh, some who would deem themselves sociopaths. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, it. it's very easy, I guess, to spiral into a feeling of like self-defeat where you blame yourself constantly for everything that happens and never feeling like you do anything right. 
And sometimes maybe it even feels like it's easier to do that or it's easier to just get mad at yourself and just be hard on yourself and not try to actually find ways to fix those issues, fix those problems, especially when you've had such a myopic view of yourself for so many years. I mean, so when it gets down to it, what would you say, like, you were talking about your teaching job and how that kind of pushed you to this. Was there something like before your teaching job um, or before working at the Buffalo pizza shop, was there something kind of in your life that, you know, just kind of fed into that mentality that then led into your professional life? Or was it something more just, you know, moving over from, you know, being younger and then moving into work and a job, things like that, um, that kind of created that view? I think it I think a lot of it was just maturity and growing up and having a different view of the world more so than really anything else. Um, I, I was a very insecure teenager and I'm sure we'll talk all about that on some episode. Um, So that kind of just, made things harder on myself. I was, uh, in a, you know, borderline toxic relationship that didn't help. And I think when you move away and you live on your own, like I, I didn't have a roommate. Um, I was in a brand new place by myself. You have a lot of time for reflection and growth. And I read a lot of books. I did a lot of writing And all of that introspection that I should have been doing in my, like, 20s, uh, my early 20s kind of started to happen. And that is, I think that is really all that I could, all, all that I could do. And I know that's not great advice, just, like, grow up, but... That cliched phrase, like, it gets better, is actually really, really true. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And, I mean, sometimes, (laughs) yeah, like, phrases like, grow up may not be the best. But, I mean, at some point, like, something, not for everybody, but for a lot of people, sometimes things just change and they just click, you know, something that made sense. I mean, that didn't make sense before all of a sudden makes sense. Maybe it's an experience that you had or, you know, something just shifts. Yeah, it is. It it, it is something that is really hard to describe and define. But as you grow older, you have more life experience. And the more life experience you have, the better you are able to look outside yourself and look at the world in different ways. And you grow different senses of empathy and compassion and all of those sort of really important skills that are 
so hard for you to understand as a teenager, like to really comprehend. And I, I agree. I think rope is probably not the right word. Um, but, and I'm sure there's a better phrase for it. Well, I guess so. So now that you've realized like how important this is, what are some things that you say that you do to show yourself that kind of, you know, that, that self-love, that, uh, that ease of forgiveness for yourself? You know, what are some things I guess that you do? I know one thing that I do is I let myself, if I'm upset about something that I did, I let myself be upset for about five minutes and then like I let it go. Um, and you know, that has really helped me out a lot in terms of just, it's okay to be upset with yourself. It's okay to feel that way. It's not okay to let that spin out of control and negatively affect your mental health. And I guess for some who have, you know, been dealing with this for a long time, uh, you know, and making that shift, I guess it's hard. Maybe, uh, you know, is there like, is there like a specific amount of time you said, like, you know, you allow yourself to be upset about something first, uh, for a short amount of time. Is there like a specific amount of time, maybe like that someone could work back from, maybe they could, uh, start somewhere like, you know, okay, if something gets bad, I'll allow myself, you know, X amount of time to try and vent and feel better. But then after that, I have to try and work on and improving that and feeling, you know, just trying to find more healthy avenues to uh, to vent their frustration, whether it's at themselves or at another, you know, at an outside thing. So as a writer, my obvious first instinct is to write. And as I was kind of going through this like personal growth experience, I wrote a lot of personal essays and did quite a bit of journaling and just being able to kind of formulate those ideas onto paper was really, really helpful. But I think whatever sort of creative outlet that you have, using that to your benefit. So if you're a musician, create music. If you're an artist, make some art. Um, finding how to express your sort of negative feelings into a positive way is is one way to sort of transfer those, you know, negative inner thoughts into something positive. Um, so if, you know, if you're going through something, give yourself, you know, 20 minutes of just journaling. And if you are someone who spins out, my guess would be after 20 minutes of journaling, after 10 minutes of journaling, you're going to run out of things to say. So then you force yourself to think about something else to make sure you get those extra 10 minutes of writing done. That's where you can write your angry fan fictions. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, 51 shades of gray. <laughs> I, w I was thinking more along the lines of maybe writing a whole, uh, an opinion piece why the whole Ron Hermione thing just doesn't work for me. It doesn't make any sense. Why doesn't it work for you? It doesn't make any logical sense. 
I mean, of course. Is it because he's a ginger? It's more just like I could totally see Hermione getting frustrated uh, being with Ron for a very long time. More just because I feel like she needs someone who's intellectually challenging on her level. And Ron would get annoyed only because he would feel like he's constantly being talked down to. I see that. It doesn't make any sense for me personally. Yeah. So as we sort of wind down today's episode, um, what sort of final thoughts would you have for someone who's looking to really start growing as a person and working on their personal development? And, you know, the the simple question is, how do you, how would you show self-love? Well, for me, I guess I would have, I would start with trying to find someone to talk to about these feelings first, just to kind of help contextualize it. Because unfortunately, maybe if you only start by yourself and have no one to talk to, or you refuse to talk to about this, is you can lead yourself into a feedback loop, which can, of course, lead to more spiraling out. I would say it's always best to start out just trying to contextualize this and maybe even find somebody who understands what you're going through. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people would understand, at least have some idea of what you're going through. I would always start, I would always suggest starting there. And after that, you know, trying to find and spot those times when, you know, you feel like you are being hard on yourself. You know, if something bad happens and it feels like it's something you can't seem to move on from about yourself, you know, try and find times to spot when that's happening, addressing it, and I guess trying to talk yourself down from it or do what you were talking about. You know, try writing, try expressing yourself in that kind of creative outlet. So that's what I would suggest. Um, I, feel, I believe it's a process for all of us. And it's something that I think everyone is dealing with. And it may even be happening more now because of this whole coronavirus thing. People losing their jobs, they may feel like, you know, they may feel like a failure because they it's hard for them to find another job. When in reality, you know, it's really hard for everybody right now. It's not just you. And it's always best to kind of keep that in mind. So I would suggest trying to reach out to other people. Talk to them about their experiences. You know, how have they felt about themselves through this and how they have in the past. And you might actually find that you have a lot in common with a, with a lot of other people. It'll help contextualize all this for you. I, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I think I think you really touched on what is really important for a lot of us right now, and that is just feeling like a community. Um, and I think in probably, uh, if you check out the show notes below, I will highlight a couple different men's online support groups that you can find, uh, and also a couple... Uh, different online therapy groups that I would recommend uh, if you're if you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious and are looking for some sort of assistance or someone just to talk to right now. Uh, you're not alone. There's always going to be people to listen to you. Uh, so if this is your first time tuning in, I do encourage you to subscribe to the show. Follow us at Dudefluencer on Facebook and Twitter. 
and visit us at dudefluencer.com every Thursday for new episodes of the DudeCast. For Nick, my name is Garrett, and we hope to see you again soon. Good night.